Welcome to the Fantasy Football Follies presented to you by DraftKings. We're going heavy into daily fantasy football to make sure that this podcast can win you money. Okay? Me and Tommy G will also be focusing on players to watch and consider starting in your season-long leagues. Listen, if you listened to me in the opening of the show last week during Break the Bank and agreed with my picks, if you listened to me, I guarantee you, you most likely won some money on DraftKings. I know there are a few people out there that used my suggestions against me, the senior fantasy football analyst of the Fantasy Football Follies, to beat me. That dude, 253, Bane, the blue pit, Empire 1, E. Rosenberg, 1020, T. Money, 123. I got my eyes on you. Your Snapchats are lewd and offensive, but you beat me. Congrats. Liam 1, Kitsmurf, Angry Elf. I'm coming for you. I don't like elves. And I really don't like Angry Elves. Big Game James and Vermont Rap-A-Pack. <laughs> I beat a bunch of you. I beat you bad. And you know if I beat you, I- I'm going to talk Greasy Story. Check out Trivia Craig, King Con the Don, In Too Deep, No Bruno, Jay Fanning 13, Irish 7 Lad, Charles 52, King Jones 256, Sir Brian Doyle 5, and the Big Creamer. You got creamed. <laughs> I creamed you real nice. If you come back and play me again, huh, I'll cream you twice. Remember, it's all about value, okay? It's all about value. It's all about targets and touches. Here are the players the Juru got right. I made these predictions, and they were correct. Adam Thielen, five, nine catches for 157 yards on 10 targets. Benny Fowler, three catches on 21 yards for two touchdowns. I told you guys to play these players last week. I'm going to tell you who to play this week. Listen and learn. Listen, love it, and learn. Charles Clay, four catches for for 53 yards and a touchdown. Led the team with nine targets. Terrence West, 19 rushes for 80 yards and a TD. Jesse James, great game. Six catches for 41 yards and two touchdowns. J.J. Nelson, five catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. He dropped another potential touchdown. Speed kills. I have none. Trust me, speed kills. Jared Cook, five catches for 56 yards. He didn't have an explosive day, but he caught all his targets and was a great value. Rashard Matthews, five catches for 71 yards. Chris Thompson, four receptions for 52 yards. Jay Stu, Jonathan Stewart, 18 rushes for 65 yards, two receptions for 17 yards, and a touchdown. Randall Cobb, nine catches on 13 targets for 85 yards. I told you once, I'm going to tell you again, okay? Let's just, just jump right into it, okay? It's week two of fantasy football, okay? This is week two of the fantasy football follies, I am going to break the bank for you right now in week two and tell you how to win some money on DraftKings. We're going to break down each matchup and tell you guys who I like on every team based on their value and their matchup. You ready? I'm going to go slow. Pause it. Rewind it. Listen carefully. I am the Gringo Mandingo. I did not give myself that nickname. Thursday night, tonight, the Texans versus the Bengals on Thursday night football. Deshaun Watson, 4,400. Now, if you want to go high on every other player, I like this kid, Deshaun Watson. He's going to get better. He has poise. He's got moxie. Plus, he's very inexpensive for a quarterback. It's not going to stay that way. The Bengals, I'm not playing anybody 
until the backfield gets sorted out on the Bengals and someone can make a play outside of my man, A.J. Green, whose price is too rich for my blood on daily this week. I said it. I said it. There you have it. Sunday games, the Patriots at the Saints. Break the bank, James White, $4,000. You got to get Tommy Brady. It's going to be a bounce back game. The New Orleans Saints, I love you guys, but the defense is horrible. Tommy B costs $7,900. Go for Tom Brady. The Saints, Alvin Kamara, $3,500. The Saints are going to be throwing a lot because this is going to be a scoring game. Kobe Fleener, tight end, $3,100. You got to get him. The name is Michael Thomas. $7,500. Has to have a big game if it's going to be remotely close for the New Orleans Saints. The Browns at the Ravens. Seth DeValve. It's a tight end, $2,500. He had four catches last week for 42 yards. 6'3", white guy with a motor. You know he has an inferiority complex. He has a chip on his shoulder. He kneeled in the prayer circle with his teammates during the national anthem. He's got game. He's got balls. I like his style. Isaiah Crowell, $4,900. Cheap for a top running back. They have a very solid offensive line. It's a divisional game. He's coming to play. He had an 85-yard touchdown run last year versus the Ravens. If you want to play, you want to win. Corey Coleman, the wide receiver, $5,700. Caught five of his six targets for 53 yards and a touchdown against a very tough Pittsburgh secondary. It's very clear that he's Kaiser's favorite target. Okay, on the Ravens, Buck Allen, running back. Break the bank, $4,100. Danny Woodhead is gone. He's out. Okay, they're going to be dumping to Buck Allen. But you have to get... Jeremy Macklin for 5K. Great value for a number one receiver. The Bills are at the Panthers. On the Bills, Zay Jones, 3,500 bucks. He's a two guard. He's six foot two, very fast. He is going to break out. It just depends on when. Remember the name. Remember the game, Zay Jones. But the play is Charles Clay, the tight end. 3000 bucks had nine targets last week. It's not going to change. Scored a touchdown. Tyrod does not have chemistry with Jordan Matthews or Zay Jones yet. Charles Clay is his safety blanket. 3K. Trust me. The Panthers. Russell Shepard. 3500 bucks Had a touchdown in week one. Filling the Ted Ginn role that Cam Newton loved. Got to get John Stewart. Jay Stu. Jonathan Stewart, the running back for the Panthers. 4400 bucks. He looked good last week. Okay, the Arizona Cardinals are playing the Indianapolis Colts. J.J. Nelson, 3,800 bucks. Five catches last week with a touchdown. Speed kills. Cardinals will be throwing a lot more with David Johnson out for the foreseeable future. Go after Larry Fitzgerald, 6,500 bucks and Carson Palmer. Play them together. The Colts are in deep doo-doo. Put up or shut up time. No David Johnson to lean on. Fitz and Palmer is the play. The Colts break the bank. Listen, if you're going to do it, the only guy I could see is Marlon Mack. He's 3800 bucks. Had 10 carries last week and a touchdown. Look good. Sneaky home run shot. Okay? Marlon Mack is a sneaky home run shot. Titans versus the Jaguars. Corey Davis, wide receiver, 4100 bucks. Led the team in targets last week with 10. Caught six for 69. Another two guard. 
I love Corey Davis. He's going to be a star. He's going to be the number one wide receiver. I'm going to talk and see what Tommy G has to say about Corey Davis. DeMarco Murray played. He didn't play good last week. He's probably This is probably the cheapest he will be all year. 6300 bucks. I know he hurt some people last week, but he's going to play good this week. DeMarco Murray for 6300 bucks is cheap. He's going to play football this week. The Jaguars break the bank with Allen Hearns, 3900 bucks. Allen Robinson is out for the year. Leonard Fournette, the rookie, grown man football. They have no one else. He's going to get the ball 30 times. Old school smash mouth running back, 6500 bucks. The Eagles and the Chiefs break the bank with LeGarrette Blunt. Feed LeGarrette Blunt. He knows the Chiefs' defense. He knows what's coming. You have to get him for 4000 bucks. And Zach Ertz, okay? It's very simple. Play Zach Ertz. The Chiefs break the bank. Albert Wilson, very cheap. Super saver special. Albert Wilson on the Kansas City Chiefs caught all five of his targets last week for 3300 bucks. That's a cheap sleeper in this day and age of no sleepers. Travis Kels, use him in your flex if you can figure it out. Do the math. Chiefs want to get him the ball. We don't want him to have a little, you know, he's a little emotional. He gets a, he's a little bit of a debutant. Great football player, 5100 bucks. And of course, Tyreek Hill, yeah. I'm all in. 6200 bucks. He is questionable, so keep an eye on his status, but that's insane value. He will cost much more going into week three. The Purple People Eaters. The Minnesota Vikings are at Pittsburgh. Dalvin Cook, 5900 bucks. A good value for the workload he's going to get against Pittsburgh. Adam Thielen, we talked about him last week. Tommy G said, get the people in purple. Any receiver in purple, 5000 I'm buying Bradford. I am buying in on Sammy B and the offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer. They have chemistry. They love Thielen. I like Thielen. I love him for 5000 bucks. Pittsburgh, Jesse James, the tight end. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. He caught six of eight passes last weekend for two touchdowns. Of course, there's a guy named Antonio Brown. It's Antonio Brown. Ben is a beast at home. Minnesota is a different team on the road. The Chicago Bears and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're chomping at the bit to play football. Tyreek Cohen, my favorite name in all of sports right now. He's the talk of the waiver wire for a reason. He kicked ass last week. I thought he was Jewish. He's not. Still love him. The Bears are going to get him involved in every way. 4100 bucks for Tyreek Cohen. Love his speed. Love the way he plays. He's out there. He's got a motor. Jordan Howard, 5900 bucks. I smell a two-touchdown day. I said it. Jordan Howard, 5900 bucks. I smell a two-touchdown day. On the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Deshaun Jackson, 4900 bucks. That's unbelievably cheap for a playmaker like Deshaun Jackson. Jameis Winston, got to get him. 6300 bucks. And my man, Big Mike Evans, 7700 bucks. I like them both at this price. Handcuff them together, and let's ride. Miami Dolphins at the Los Angeles Chargers, a.k.a. the San Diego Chargers. This is going to be a shootout. You have to get Jarvis Landry for 5500 bucks. On the Chargers, Travis Benjamin. Cheap, 
3,500 bucks, caught three passes for 43 yards and a touchdown last week. Both teams are going to be throwing lots of targets, lots of money to be made in the Chargers-Dolphins game. Keenan Allen, you got to get him. You got to get him. 5,800 bucks, didn't have a lot of work week one. Tough Denver defense, still had 10 targets. I expect a big game. 5,800 bucks is a great value for a target machine. All right, we're going to take a break just, just, to, just to calm things down because I'm giving you the gold here. I, I just want to tell you, in the Emotional Friends Howard Stern Fantasy Football League, I, I, I kicked ass. I kicked ass despite the fact that Rob Gronkowski seemed to have uh, uh, something against me. He wasn't working for me, but I expect big things from him this week. But going into week two, I played Jason the Elephant Kaplan. I plan on dragging him. I plan on shaving all his man hair and knitting it into a backpack and wearing it for the rest of the season. Okay? I just wanted to give you that information. I don't like to talk too much about my fantasy football life because I like to give you the information to kick ass in your fantasy football life, but I am playing Jason Kaplan. If you listen to me on the Howard Stern Show, he is the guy who's got the X on his big flabby back the 2017 fantasy football season. All right, back to break the bank. The Jets are at the Raiders. The only value play on the Jets is Jermaine Curse for 3900 bucks. He had nine targets last week. He's their only weapon at wide receiver. Pray. If you're going to use him, pray, but it could work. I want to hear what Tommy G has to say about the Jets Raiders. Break the bank with Jared Cook, the tight end. Raiders beast, 3300 bucks caught all five of its targets last week. He's going to find the end zone this week. You got to have Marshawn Lynch. Beast mode looked fantastic in week one. First game in Oakland against the Jets. They're going to try to get him into the end zone. 6000 bucks. I'm playing beast mode. Dallas and Denver. Break the bank with Cole Beasley, 4300 bucks. But at a cheap price, you got to get Dak Prescott, 5600 bucks. Tough matchup, but an extreme discount. I could see him with two passing and one rushing touchdown. The Denver Broncos, Benny Fowler. I said it last week. I'm saying it again. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. He made big boy plays for this team. He's going to make big boy plays this week. He's a sneaky pick, and he's cheap, 3000 bucks. And you got to get Emmanuel Sanders if you like the Denver Broncos. The Redskins at the Rams. Don't get crazy with my boy Jared Goff. Played a great game last week. Okay, but on the Redskins, Rob Kelly. He's going to get the rock. I'm going to call him Big Rob Kelly for 3900 bucks. Feed Rob Kelly. He likes to eat. You can see it. No disrespect, but you got to play Jamison Crowder. 4900 bucks. He had seven targets last week. I expect him to keep going to Jamison Crowder. All right. Super saver combo. The Los Angeles Rams. This is a super saver combo. Listen to me carefully. Jared Goff, 5100 bucks, and rookie Cooper Cup. That's cheap. The 49ers, who looked really suspect, are playing Seattle, in Seattle. On the Niners, Marquise Goodwin, 3500 bucks. It's a risky play, but he's cheap, and he almost had a touchdown last weekend with six targets. He is a speed stir. And you got to get Pierre Garçon, 4900 bucks. He's the only weapon. He's going to have a lot of targets. Okay? Pierre Garçon, $4,900. Break the bank with the Seattle Seahawks. Tyler Lockett, 4000 bucks. 
Pete Carroll said they will get him more involved, and Jimmy Graham, 4900 bucks could play in the flex this week in a tournament. Look to play Jimmy Graham in the flex in tournament play this week on DraftKings. Shootout, shootout, shootout. The Packers and the Falcons. Sunday night, let's go. Devontae Adams, 5600 bucks. Break the bank. This game is always high scoring. Adam had two touchdowns against him last year. You got to have Aaron Rodgers, 7400 Cost 7400 Lock him in. Last year versus the Falcons, four touchdowns and 60 yards rushing. The Atlanta Falcons break the bank with Taylor Gabriel, 4000 bucks. Matty Ice. Matty Ice. Both quarterbacks have high upside in this game. Matty Ice for 7500 bucks. That is going to be a shootout. Play everybody. The Lions at the Giants. The Lions are making me nervous. I'm going to talk to Tommy G about Matty Stafford. Okay? But Evan Ingram on the Giants. Tight end. Tight end that looks like a wide receiver. Big guy. Tough guy. He's not even a two guard. He looks like a power forward. Evan Ingram on the Giants. Had four catches in his first NFL game last week. He's the dude for the Giants this week against the Lions secondary. Paul Perkins. 3800 bucks. Paul, I'm not asking a lot from you. Okay? There's no feelings in fantasy. There's no sentimentality in fantasy. But he is a cheap price tag for a starting running back. He's going to get the ball. If he doesn't produce, he might be bagging groceries soon. Okay, there you have it. This is the Fantasy Football Follies, week two edition. My name is Michael Rappaport, the senior fantasy football analyst of the Fantasy Football Follies. They call me the Gringo Man Dingo. You know where to find me if you want to dance with the dingo. This Sunday, DraftKings is hosting a $100,000 Pick'em contest that's totally free. Okay? You know what Pick'em is? Pick'em is the newest way to play one-week fantasy football. Drafting your team is faster than ever. DraftKings has organized players into eight tiers. Okay? It's very simple. All you have to do is select one player from each tier. Choose between public contests with big cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against a group of your friends. DraftKings also has beginner and casual contests. You can do it at work. It's so much fun. It's competitive. You don't have to be a lunatic like myself. Okay, you could play against people of similar skill level. The best part is you get to draft a new team each week without any commitment. If you listen to the Fantasy Follies, I assume, I have to assume that you played DraftKings before. Tommy G and me are cocky after picking so many players correctly last week. So my advice to you and to all of your loved ones is to go on DraftKings and have them use the promo code DINGO. Tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your grandparents, okay? Your sister, your lover. Show them you know how to win. Compete against them. Take them down. Grandma, you want to play me in fantasy football head-to-head? Let's do it. I'll bury you. She'll love it. Go to DraftKings.com now and use the promo code DINGO, D-I-N-G-O. That's D-I-N-G-O to play in DraftKings free contest with $100,000 in total prizes. This Sunday, the promo code is DINGO to compete for your share of hundred grand. It's totally free. And why wouldn't you try it? DraftKings is the game inside the game. Eligibility and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, now it's time to bring on my main man, Tommy G, co-founder of GuruElite.com. We're going to teach you how to win money this week, week two. So get your notebook, 
and get your shine box. Shout out to the great Frank Vincent who passed away, actor from Goodfellas, Raging Bull, Casino, and made the shine box what it is today. Tommy, how are we feeling, my friend? Feeling good, man. I actually survived week one, which was the craziest, scariest week one in DFS NFL history. And always good to start with a Shinebox reference. That was actually my team name for Goodfellas <laughs> reference, Shinebox, for two years. So I'm, yeah, I'm all about the good Goodfellas stuff. Another, uh, another uh, uh, we've lost another great, the great, uh, the great Frank Vincent with the, with the, mm-hmm. with the Golden Locks, who's in uh, Raging Bull, The Sopranos, Casino, The Nas Video. Pretty much every, every one of the greatest mafia-oriented films ever he was a part of, pretty and, much. And we've all, we've all stolen some of his, his cadence, his references, mm-hmm. and, and of course from Goodfellas when he told uh, De Niro, Ray Liotta, and Joe Pesci to get their shine box. That, that's probably his most iconic line, but a oh, great, great. great actor, great New York uh, um, character and and a really good guy. I had a pleasure to meet him. So we're gonna dedicate this se- segment to the great Frank Vincent. And you go get your shine box and you listen to Tommy G because we're trying to help you help yourself. Okay. So week one was nuts, right, Tommy? Week one was. How did you do? What, 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 where did you wind up? So so week one was crazy, and I had uh, I had a lot of backloaded lineups, right? So I had a lot of guys playing in the late games and the Monday night games. So my Sunday lineups didn't do very good. My Sunday lineups got hit, but the Thursday through Monday lineups, which is what we focused on last week, I mean, we came out blazing, screaming, play everyone in purple. You know, I know we said that line twice, so that's what it was. I had Bradford, I had Diggs, I had Thielen, I had everyone on the Vikings. They were all cheap and ended up hitting for, I think, $25,000 on Monday night. So ended up being a profitable week one. And honestly, I'm just happy to survive the effing thing. I mean, that was some of the craziest variants I've ever seen in my life. So do you think that this season, I mean, you never know in fantasy football, uh, you could just hedge it the way, you know, do all the research, crunch the numbers and, and roll the dice. But do you think this season is, is, is going to, is going to sort of, uh, you know, flatten out or, or is this going to continue to be a, a nutty season in general? I mean, I think it's going I think the NFL's gotten a little crazier as we've gone on year after year anyway. I think we're seeing a lot more athletes and a less more, a lot less football players as we've uh-huh. talked about before. Uh-huh. So we're straying from, you know, kind of predictable scripts as much as we are just who's going to make the big athletic play and break a 60 yard touchdown. But I mean, in week one, dude, I posted this on Twitter. Lev Bell, DJ, Julio, Antonio right. Brown, Baldwin, Fitz, McCoy, Brady, none of these guys scored touchdowns. And if you're looking at it from a DraftKings perspective, 11 of the highest priced quarterbacks. Now, we're talking pricing here, not like, you know, who our favorites were. The 11 of the highest priced quarterbacks, only two threw more than one touchdown pass. Seven of the highest priced running backs combined totaled one touchdown. So, 13 highest priced wide receivers, two touchdowns. Like, we're never going to see that again. That'll so, never happen again. So historically and statistically, we could all just say that was just a freaky Opening Total week, and, 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 yep. and we have to believe that it's, it's going to even. I mean, Tom Brady, you know that all the Patriots that you play, whoever it is, they're coming back with a vengeance. And if, and if they can't get the machine going, I mean, it's only the second game of the season, but if, if, the, if the Patriots, after losing in an embarrassing way opening night, you know, can't figure it out week two, it's, it's still early, but there's something wrong. Yeah, that you got. I mean, I don't want to be the Saints this week. Like, I, that, right. the last team in the NFL I would want to be this week in a locker room is the Saints. 
talking about a pissed off Tom Brady and a pissed off Belichick going to the going to the dome on fast conditions. Brandon Cook's revenge game. Gronk's pissed. I mean, yeah, you, you got to try and squeeze as many Patriots into your lineup as you physically can this week because that game's got to shoot out. All right. So some of the top guys were, were down in Week One, and you, you you know you talked about playing from the bottom. Uh, 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 Le'Veon Bell was. I mean, even though he sat out all the training camp, it's just a, 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 an amalgamation. That nine of the yeah. highest priced tight ends totaled one touchdown. One yeah, hit, three it, times value. What, what else was with the, with the first week? I mean, it, it was really crazy. I mean, we talked about the 3X value on the last show, right? Like, we talked about how to do the math on it. If you missed the podcast from last week, we did about a three-minute explanation. Even did math on it, which do, me and you are not good at. You, you know what, Tommy? Just, just because we want to give the information, can you, can you give the short-form version of that again yeah, one yeah. more time? And I'm telling you people, listen, rewind it, take your notes, Use your note on your phone, right on your arm. This is what it is. This is the winning formula. Give it to them in bare bones, basic terms, Tommy G. Yeah, this is simple. Like the simplest way to do it. Like we said, we did long form last week. The simplest way to do it is when you're trying to figure out who to start, you want to get 3X value on your players. So the easy way to do it, if a guy's $8,000, you want to get 24 points. So the simple way, the number before the comma, if it's an eight, then you need 24 points. If he's 10,000, you need 30 points, right? So that's a very basic, we can go super deep into it, but that's a very basic way to look for, you know, is this guy startable? Is this someone I should play? And we were just talking about it. Of the 29 highest priced running backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends, only three of them hit 3x value last week. So mm. you usually have 50% of them do it, not... 10% or 5% or something insane. So it was a weird week, but we want to focus on value. That's why we love the Vikings so much because these guys were cheap. Thielen was cheap. Diggs was cheap. Mm-hmm. Bradford was cheap. We want cheap guys in plus EV matchups, in good matchups. And throughout this pod, we're going to talk about some of those guys that could help you afford the high price studs. Okay, cool. All right. At the beginning of the show, I went game by game and I broke down which guys I really like. Okay, before we get started, who are some of the players that whether they're high-priced, mid-priced, or low-priced that you're going to have in most of your lineups this week, Tommy? So I started building. I usually build what I call shell lineups. This is what I would like people to do. You know, you want to find your kind of core, right? So you want to build three, four, five shell lineups, which are going to be changed. They're going to be tweaked. Um, I want to get exposure to a couple games, which I'm sure we'll talk about, the Green Bay game, the New England game. But when I look at Keenan Allen... He seems to be the number one guy that I'm just forcing into every lineup. 5,800, his price has not moved up. That's just too cheap for a guy who could see 15 targets this week. Uh, Julio Jones is probably a high-priced guy that I definitely want to get in. Uh, Ty Montgomery is my favorite running back play. He's mm. also under 6,000. We talked about Atlanta. Atlanta gives, the, gives up the number one most receptions to running backs, and you got basically a wide receiver playing running back. So those are really the three guys I'm looking at. And then at the quarterback, I hate to say it, but I'm honed in on Carson Palmer this week, and he looked bad last week. I'm just picking on that indie defense. So that's probably my core right there that I'm looking to build around. Is Carson Palmer going to – I mean, if you can't bounce back against the indie, de- indie yeah. defense, you're in trouble. It's, it's, it's over. I mean, listen, this guy is basically at the point where he's borderline getting written off by everyone, including myself. And there's no David Johnson there. So you got to assume they're going to pass maybe 15, 20% more than they would have if David Johnson was there. Uh, it, it just, it, this screams 
He should just slaughter this defense. The indie defense made Goff look like a pro bowler. That wasn't Jared Goff right. last week that you saw being that amazing. Everyone was wide open. So Fitz, J.J. Nelson, John Brown, all these guys are in play. All these guys are cheap, but he's 6K. So 6K versus the Indy D, I'm dumb enough to take a flyer on it and just you know ignore last week. All right, now me, me being selfish, Matt Stafford or Carson Palmer in, in, in my season long, I'm going to tell you, and this is a good question because I'm sure a lot of people have this situation. Stafford's coming off probably the top quarterback performance of the week last week. I am not messing with this Giants defense. I am not messing with Jenkins and Cromarty. Mm. You know, they looked good last week. These are stud corners. I think think Stafford's going to struggle this week. So as much as it's going to hurt to hit submit, I'd push the submit button on Carson Palmer this week. Fine, fine, fine. All right, and give me some guys uh, in your lineups that your friends are looking at you, cockeyed, looking at you, looking at you with, with a stink eye. Uh, I have a few. Who, who, who are guys that, like, you know, that you're going to make them pay for not listening to you with? Uh, Martavis Bryant's one of them, actually. You know, he's right. a guy who, because I like to kind of play the reverse reaction role, right? right? Like, everyone overreacts to week one. So what I'm looking for when I'm digging mm-hmm. is, who are some guys who flopped for people on week one that really it was just variance? It was just an outlier. I said last week, and we talked about it on the pod, I don't like Martavis Bryant last week. Ben on the road. I like his secondary weapons at home. So Martavis Bryant going home now. Uh, I think he's due for a pretty big game. I think no one will be on him. Hogan's another one on New England. Yep. You know, I mean, everyone's going to be scared to pull the trigger on Hogan. If Amendola's out, I'm going to have a ton of them. But this is a great matchup. This is an absolutely stellar matchup for him. We just saw what Thielen did against this team out of the slot, 151 yards. So Hogan played the most snaps of any receiver. Granted, he didn't do much, but he's another guy who I'm not scared off of. And Duke Johnson, I'm not scared yet. It's, it's, I tremble a little pushing the button. But I think Duke Johnson gets back in play this week, too, after a really crappy week one. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Chris, listen, if Danny Amendola is out for this that's game, that, yeah. that's, I mean, this is, this is it for Chris Hogan. Because, I mean. It's huge for all of them, Rap, because, you know, every receiver that's out, when Edelman goes down and then if we can get Amendola out, it really kind of siphons those targets not coming out of the backfield to just Cooks, Gronk, and Hogan. So the more people that fall, the more it upgrades every one of those three guys. And I think Brady could throw for 400 yards this week. So you can love all three of those guys plus James White and do fine. All right, give me rapid fire on backfields, all right? Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think of these teams. Denver, New Orleans, Baltimore, Cincy, Chicago. We just talked about New England, but you could give me their backfield specifically. And my painful, very, very painful New York Giants. Give me, get, start yeah. with Denver. Okay, so this is what we talked about, right? We want to do a lot of scouting on week one. So Denver backfield was something we wanted to keep an eye on. We wanted to see how active Jamal Charles was. Wasn't that active. Looked okay in the touches that he had, but we saw CJ still get 70% of the snaps. So I'm totally comfortable with CJ going forward in good matchups. In your season-long teams, you don't have to be too worried about Jamal Charles. Uh, The New Orleans backfield you mentioned, dude, AP's done. Do you agree? Yeah, he's done. You said it last week. You're like, if the he doesn't pep talk, yeah. the pep talk we gave last week, I, I think. What, what do you think's going to, I mean, I know you're not a fortune teller. Do you think he's going to continue with the Saints or is he going to get traded or cut? Nah, I think this is, I think this is basically just, they'll, they'll keep him around. I mean, listen, he's one injury away from Kamara or Ingram to having a much bigger role. Um, we said it last week. You actually made the call. You said if AP doesn't do it this week, you know, we got to get really worried, right? So AP last week was the Carson Palmer of this week. 
So we got to write him off. He wasn't on the field much. Um, Ingram, I thought, would be the beneficiary of AP not being on the field, but looks like they love Kamara, and I think they're going to be trailing this week. So Kamara saw 50% of the snaps. So I think Kamara's the guy that I'd be picking up on waivers and seasonal leagues, and then I want at 3,500 on DraftKings. Uh, a couple of the other backfields you mentioned, I think you said Cincy. We were dead on with that. It's just a total mess over there. You know, they're just rotating those three backs, so not that interested. Chicago's one is interesting, Rap. I know you watched the, the Chicago game and you saw Tariq Cohen, you know, blow up. Howard only played 57% of the snaps, which was shocking. Mm-hmm. Cohen had 12 targets, so he was more like a wide receiver. I'm still okay with Jordan Howard. I think everyone's mm-hmm. going to be off him. And I think the second everyone jumps off him, this could be a touchdown Jordan Howard week at 4% owned. But uh, how worried are you about Tariq Cohen cutting into him? Uh, you know what? I, I, I agree. I mean, listen, he, he made a splash. So did a bunch of rookie running backs. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're no longer surprises. You know, you see that you separated the men from the boys. I'm not worried about Tariq Cohen. I love him. I love his name. I, 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 that's one of the best names in sports <laughs> in the last 15 years. Um, but I, I'm not worried about Jordan Howard, and I am pr- impressed with Tariq Cohen, but I wouldn't just expect him to be the guy, the guy, the guy, because defenses are now aware of him, teams are aware of him, and, and I think things, I, things are going to steady out for, for all these guys. They're, gonna, they're not, they're not going to be 200 yards, 160 yards a week, because right. now there's no more mystery, correct? Yeah, I think he's more, I think, we, I think people are looking at him as like Tariq Hill, when he's not Tyreek Hill, he's more like Darren Sproles, right? He's going to be that, right. you know, he had a lot of big plays last week, and he had a touchdown, which I don't think we'll see him get a lot of those. But I think he's a great waiver pickup for seasonal, and I would spend a bunch of my budget on him. I did. But for DFS, though, I think he's going to be a little more hit or miss. The The New England backfield is something that I think we need to talk about, though, because we I wanted to scout that to see what was going on. I think we realized Burkhead, we don't really know what his role is yet, but he was involved early and then kind of fell out. Um, the thing everyone's talking about is Gillisley, and I think that was a smoke and mirrors performance over there. I mean, he mm-hmm. had three touchdowns from inside the two-yard line, right, mm-hmm. which you're not going to have that many opportunities. Two of those came off pass interferences in the end zone, which should have been Cook's touchdowns, probably mm-hmm. both of them. Mm-hmm. But the crazy stat here, Rap, is that James White had 52% of the snaps, and Gillisley only had 30. And James mm-hmm. White had five carries inside the 10, and Gillisley only had four. So keep in mind, they were trailing that whole game, so the game flow was in White's favor. But if anything impressed me, it actually wasn't me getting super high on Gillisley. It was me saying, all right, James White, after the Super Bowl and then following it up week one with all that activity and targets, James White's the guy that I'm really keeping my eye on in that New England backfield. Okay, okay. And, and then what about the Baltimore backfield? Danny Woodhead looked great, mm-hmm. but he was gone uh, you know, early, so I don't know when he's coming back. Um, but, but, you know, a buck and, and West, West yeah. what, what do you think of these two? Uh, this is a little tougher. I think everyone's just jumping on Buck Allen and dumping all their fab dollars on Buck Allen and wants to play him everywhere. You got to remember, everyone's looking at Buck Allen had 21 carries, but you know, Terrence West had 19. They ran the ball like 400 times in that game because they were shutting him out. So they didn't have to throw. So they were just pounding the ball every single play. The snaps were pretty much split. It was 50% Buck Allen, 41% West. I think how this is going to work is you'll probably see on a normal game, you know, Buck Allen get 14 carries, West get 14 carries, West will get the goal line work, and Buck Allen will get the receiving work. So if you think Baltimore is going to win, then maybe West might even be the better play just because, you know, they're going to run the ball more and get the goal line carries. If you think they're going to be trailing, then I think Buck Allen becomes definitely the guy you want to focus on for all the pass catches. 
And what do you? What is your take on this? I think week? they win this week. I think they roll this week. Yeah. So I'm kind of I'm I'm in the middle on these. Like neither of these guys are jumping off the radar for me, but I think they're both playable. Like I think you could start both of these in a seasonal league if you're desperate at running back for sure. Now I emphasize: there's no feelings in fantasy. There's no sentimentality in fantasy. I am a Giants fan. Mm-hmm. I was disgusted by what I saw personally, not as yeah. a fantasy football it was player. A mess. Okay, and this is a fantasy football show. Is there anything to even go for with the messy, disgusting, disastrous Giants backfield? See, this was something I didn't like the whole year. I saw guys in my leagues drafting Perkins, you know, and they're like, well, he's the number one running back, and I'm getting him in this round. I'm like, dude, who cares? He's not going to be there long. Like, this is not a guy who's who's good. He's not, he's not very good at football. That's the bottom line. And... You know, and Vereen is the guy if you're going to go anywhere on this team just because at least you're going to get receptions out of him. I mean, he had 10 targets in that game. But Paul Perkins only played 30% of the snaps. I mean, I felt like they went empty backfield more than they went Paul Perkins in there. So, you know, Vereen 55% of the snaps, Perkins 30% of the snaps. For a guy who doesn't have a strong skill set to begin with on a team without a great offensive line who's only playing 30% of the snaps, no thank you. Um, I got to see way more than, than to touch him right now. How bad is is the Giants' offensive it line? Bad. And, it's bad. Yeah. And, and 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 let me ask you this: Obviously, Odell wasn't out there, right? But I don't care if it's Odell or or Jesus H Christ Himself. If the offensive line can't get anybody protection, is it going to really uh, you know bring down what Odell can do? I don't care how healthy he is. If the offensive line can't get Eli time. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, you think about it. I mean, you played football. I played football. 90% of the listeners played football. If it was peewee, if the quarterback has no time, he has no time to look downfield, right? So what does a quarterback do when he's only got a second and a half before he's got to release the ball? You dump to your running back or you throw a quick slant. So, you know, you still always going to have the Odell, you know, slant and go upside where he could take one in a house, 80 yards on a three yard pass. But really, I mean, it's, it's going to benefit Vereen. It's going to benefit anyone who's within five, six yards in a line of scrimmage. And granted, Odell does a lot of his work from within six yards in a line of scrimmage. But that if you have no time, the defense, the safeties are going to start to creep up. Everyone's going to creep up, and he's not going to have that open space like he had last year. So I'm, sk- I'm not touching anything involving the Giants until I see improvement. Right. I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. They're my team in real life, but this ain't real life. This is fantasy mm-hmm. football. All right, you talk about targets, opportunity, targets, and opportunity. It's a very important thing. You you, got to get the ball, and you got to have opportunities to catch the ball. Who were the guys who got the most targets last week that we think we need to focus on going into week two? Yeah, so I'll I'll just rattle you off the list if anyone wants to, you know, rewind, pause, and write it down. But Hopkins had 16. The big thing about Hopkins, we'll talk about him when we talk about the game tonight. But Hopkins had 11 of 23 passes go his way under Watson once he came in. So he's going to be a volume monster. I really like Hopkins. I think he's sneaky. Mm. Cobb, 13. Cooper, 13. We actually said last week that we thought Cooper was going to – they were going to start forcing him the ball in the red zone. Four red zone looks this year, three on one drive. He dropped three of them. But that's a good sign at least, right? 13 targets, and he had four red zone looks. Fitz, 13. Tate, 12. Tariq Cohen had 12. He was up there at the top. Antonio Brown, 11. Pryor, 11. Those are expectable. Thielen, 10. We called that for a month. We've loved this kid. You know, and then you got a bunch of, you know, reliable names like A.J. Green and Garcon and Keenan Allen up there around 10. But the biggest thing for me, two that jumped out, 
Corey Davis, who was basically banged up all preseason, had 10 targets when we thought he was going to be playing limited snaps. He will be the number one wide receiver on Tennessee. Maybe he already is, but he definitely will. And Curse on the Jets, uh, nine targets. Looked pretty good. You know, the Jets are going to be down by 30 every game. So if he can go get nine, 10 targets at, you know, three, $4,000 on DraftKings, you know, I don't hate that either. But you shouldn't overspend on anybody on the New York Jets this year. No, no, no. You, you gotta, you basically, you're looking at this as, you know, low end DraftKings plays. You know, this is what separates seasonal from daily. On DraftKings, you could play a Jermaine Kirsch. You could play a, you know, you could play anyone on DraftKings. If they made a guy $2,000, you could play him no matter who he is. Seasonal, though, these are guys you want on your bench, maybe for deep bye weeks and stuff like that. But if Kirsch is available in a 12 to 14 team league, I don't think it's the worst pickup if he's like your fifth or sixth wide receiver. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. All right, Thursday night, tonight, Houston, who looked terrible yeah. on offense and defense, which was surprising because their defense is, is, it goes, you know, that's what they're, that's yep. what they're known for. Uh, uh, savage is done. Okay, you're not a savage. Okay, you're not about that savage life. You're not 21 savage. You're not 22 savage. You, you, you're, you're done. Okay, so tonight, Houston at Cincinnati. My man, AJ didn't do much last week. 38 over, under, do we fade this game? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week. We've talked about it before. The Thursday night strategy, right? You know, people tend to jump and try to force plays from this game into their lineup just to get their just to get their fix in, to get their itch in. Uh, this is the most obvious fade, maybe of the year. I mean, the thirty-eight total is the lowest on the entire board. So you're three points lower than the Browns uh, versus the Ravens. So there's not going to be a lot of points in this game. Uh, defenses are in play. Kickers are in play. Uh, I do think Hopkins is in play, though. And I think he'll go under-owned okay. because a lot of people are just going to cross this game off. But like I said, 5,800 for a guy. I think, I think Houston's actually going to lose this game, honestly. And I think everyone just is written off Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. We can't forget that. They looked terrible last week. But Houston looked terrible, too. So I think Hopkins gets about 14, 15 targets in this game. I think he finds the end zone. I think he has a big game. A.J. Green last week, a lot of people didn't see it, was wide open across the middle on a slant that would have gone 75 yards for a touchdown. And Andy Dalton threw it behind him by a yard and a half. I, I broke a remote when it happened, so I remember it clearly. But he's always in play. I just don't want to pay 8K rap for a guy who you know, is in a game where there might be two or three touchdowns in the whole game. So D-Hop would probably be the guy. Nuke, Nuke, that's the guy I want to play. All right, and what about Sunday games? We want the shootouts. Mm-hmm. What are the games this weekend that are going to be shootouts? I, there's two. The, the same way this jumps off the board as, you know, the kind of write-off game. Sunday, we have two games with totals more than a touchdown higher than everyone else. So we have the Patriots-Saints game, which we'll talk about in a second, 55 over-under, and Atlanta-Green Bay with a 53-and-a-half over-under, the Atlanta-Green Bay game being the Sunday night game. So when you look at the next highest over-under in Vegas, it's 47 so these mm-hmm. games definitely are going to have the most points, definitely have the most plays. So, I mean, that New England game is going to be a field day. All right. Okay. And then, and then, and then what else, what else is, uh, this good for this weekend? Yeah. I mean, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll go in depth on New England in a second. I just want to break down, you know, kind of who you're going to target, right? So a lot of people just look at the over unders, right? Like 55, 53, 44, but some of them get lost in the shuffle. Like when you look at the Oakland versus the Jets game, That game doesn't have a very high total, but Oakland's team total is tremendous. So basically, that's how many points that individual team should score. So when you look at the four highest team totals, 
It's New England at 31, Oakland at 28 and three quarters, Seattle at 28, Atlanta at 28 and two quarters. So at 28 and a quarter, sorry. So you're basically looking at those four teams being the ones that are going to score the most touchdowns. So Atlanta, Seattle, Oakland, and New England, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. And, and what is your, what is your take? Uh, you know, Cooper, I love him. I have mm-hmm. a loyalty towards him. He made that great, you know, reception and bullied his way into the end zone. Then he dropped three. I don't care if they were yeah. deflected, if it was a little high. I saw three passes uh, on the on the next time they, they were in the red zone. What do we do with Cooper Crabtree, Cooper Crabtree? This is like a never-ending puzzle uh, that I can't figure out. And I, and I want Cooper to be that dude, but you can't drop passes in the red zone. Right. The, the thing is that Oakland wants him to be that dude, too. So that's the advantage right. that we have here, right. right? Like they want him to be the guy. They proved that in week one. Like I said, don't worry about the drops. Drops, touchdowns, all those things are fluky. We want targets and opportunities. Amari Cooper was targeted 13 times in that game. Crabtree was only targeted seven. So in game one, now again, we don't want to overreact to one game, but this is what we predicted. We predicted that in the third year, they're going to start forcing the ball to Cooper more. So I liked what I saw. Out of Amari Cooper. I was very happy. Right. Even though the performance wasn't as good as it could have been, I was very happy to see them forcing him the ball and forcing him the ball in the red zone. So that's now listen, if he keeps dropping him for three or four more weeks, then we might have an issue. But for right now, I'm excited about Cooper going forward for sure. And, and what about Gronkowski, who who was like nothing versus the Chiefs? Uh, against this New Orleans Saints, should people panic on Gronkowski? No, and this brings us to the to that game as a whole. So, you know, in looking at that game, like we said, there's a huge total in this game. If Amendola's out, like we said, everyone gets a little 10% bump. I love Gronk this week because I don't think anyone's going to own him. You know, I think people are going to look at the price tag and compare him to other tight ends and go, oh, I can go pay 3K for a tight end. Why am I going to risk it on Gronk again for 7K? I think he loses his mind this week. I think he goes absolutely insane. I think he's going to go overlooked on DraftKings. I think he's the perfect play to play in the flex where you don't have to play him at the tight end position. Because if you mm-hmm. look at, and I'll ask you this, Rap, you look at this game, right? So from a seasonal perspective, it's easy, right? There's no prices. But from a DFS perspective, we want as much Patriots as we can get. They might score five touchdowns. So everyone can perform. But if you look at Cooks and Gronk, you have Cooks with the narrative, right? Going back to New Orleans, you know, back to the place that he played his whole career. He's 8,200 and Gronk's 6,900. In my mm. mind, personally, and Cooks is going to be 25% owned and Gronk is going to be 9% owned. In my mind, I'm not surprised at all if Gronk outscores Cooks for $1,400 less, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll take no, the savings. I, I agree. I would go with Gronk over Cooks, even though I think they're both going to get a lot of touches. And I think, But see, the New, New, New England Patriots, they don't play that, oh, revenge game crap. They they don't they don't play that. Yeah, and I love cooks. I don't, and you do too. I mean, don't get us wrong. I would love cooks. It's just to get twenty four points out of cooks, which would be three x. I need six for a hundred and a touchdown. That's a big haul, you know. Like that's a right. big haul. Like, and he could do it. He could he can go ten for two hundred and two touchdowns. But I just feel a little more comfortable that Brady's going to force the way to Gronk. Hogan will be the guy that everyone's afraid of, as we said earlier. So I do like him in this spot. And then on the New Orleans side of the ball in this game. I mean, I like Kamara at 3,500. I think they're going to be trailing. Mm-hmm. He's going to get a lot of PPR. He's probably going to do this week what we hoped, you know, Powell would do last week. And mm-hmm. Michael Thomas is the guy on the other side. You know, he's, he's really the one weapon you can count on. Uh, Breeze at home has been a cheat code, you know, for those Saints. So I'm not on Breeze, though. If I'm going to pay up, I'm, I'm going to go Brady over Breeze. 
And what about Kobe Fleener? Because he yeah. had a good game last week, and and Pretty Willie Sneed still isn't yep. there. Do, 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 what do you think of Kobe? I, like I said this, uh, you know, on my other show, I literally do not like Kobe Fleener as a football player. I think he's terrible. I think he's the dumbest smart kid I've ever seen. Right, <laughs> but. He fits the system and Sneed's missing to take those underneath routes. So the opportunity and the system is there. So you have to, you have to at least acknowledge it. Yeah. I mean, in seasonal leagues, I have no problem with it all. DFS, there might be a couple better plays, but I got no problem with Kobe Fleener at home ever with Sneed out. Okay. The Sunday night hammer, the late game to win us all the money and charge up the standings. Green Bay versus Atlanta on Sunday night football. You said it once 53.5 total. Who are the guys that we have to have in play for the Green Bay Atlanta Falcons? This game? is our favorite, right? You, you love being back in the standings, like like me on Monday night when I had all those Minnesota minutes left. Like you like being there, going, all right, I got three or four guys left. I'm gonna just stomp these people on my way to the top. So, yep, we call this the Sunday night hammer, right? So this is hammer. this is the hammer game. This is Ryan and Rogers. You know what? We're gonna put an effect in there, Miles. Put a jackhammer in there. <laughs> we're not even doing a hammer like we're doing wood. Get a little jackhammer effect. The Sunday night hammer. Is <laughs> the Sunday night hammer, right? So Ryan and Rogers, fantastic spots for both of them. Um, you, you can't miss either way with this one. I still prefer Brady if I'm going to pay up, but those are in great spots. Ty Montgomery, my favorite play on the board. I think he catches eight balls out of the backfield. Plus, he's you know 19 carries he had last game. That's great to see. That was a career high. Julio Jones going against some of the most garbage corners in the entire NFL. I mean, the Green Bay corners are atrocious. Julio should go nuts. You can't miss on this. Jordy, Adams, Cobb. The one thing I'll say is I think people are rating Cobb over Adams right now. I have it a little bit flipped. I think that was more game dependent because Seattle basically, uh, Green Bay just basically took Adams and threw him at Sherman as like a sacrificial lamb. Like, there you go. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just feed Cobb underneath. This game won't be like that. So Devontae Adams, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have the numbers. I think he was like, I think he had like 12 catches last year when they played Atlanta. I know he went off. So I actually like mm-hmm. Adams over Cobb, and I think a lot of people are going to be on Cobb. And then both tight ends. I mean, you got Bennett and Hooper. Both of these guys are under $4,000. So this whole game is in play. Freeman will be the sneaky play that people won't pay up for. They're going to leave him off when they stack this game on DraftKings. And this guy averaged 1.2 touchdowns at home last year and .6 on the road. I think this goes from a 50-50 split last week to more of a 7:30 in favor of Freeman this week. Listen, People, we just gave you the jackhammer, okay? I want to hear the effect again, Miles, please. That's the hammer, okay? So, so we know the, the two games that are going to be the shootouts. What other games do you think can throw up 30 points or, or a little bit more or close to 30 this weekend? Yeah, so we mentioned Oakland. Their game, the Oakland you got to worry about a little bit, though, because everyone's going Oakland's going to throw up 40 against the Jets. But if that game goes the way we think it is, they might be up 27 to three at halftime right. and just run the ball the whole second half and even bench their starters in the fourth quarter. So, you know, that's going to depend on you, you want to get some exposure, obviously, to Oakland. But if you want a good what we call leverage play, you could play Marshawn Lynch. Now, what a leverage play is, if you think everyone's going to play Carr and Amari Cooper and Crabtree, I'll go play Lynch and fade all those guys and hope Lynch mm-hmm. scores a couple of those early touchdowns to kind of wipe out my opponents. So. That's one. Atlanta, we mentioned. Seattle's got San Fran. They should have a bounce back game. Uh, Kansas City in a good spot versus Philly. Love Tyreek Hill this week. Absolutely love him. Uh, Arizona versus Indy. That would be the other one I would put up there. I think they're going to just slice them up even without David Johnson. And what do you think of Pittsburgh? 
They're good. Yeah, I mean, they're in a good spot. Minnesota, I think Vegas is a little bit off on this. We do like Pitt at home. Their team total is almost 26, which is, you know, top seven. They're actually next on the list, so good call. But I don't know. I, I kind of believe a little bit more in that Minnesota defense than I think Vegas does. So I, I like Pittsburgh. I'm going to spot these guys in. But I don't know if I'm 100% told on some of the prices for them outside of the cheaper guys. All right, you talked about Brady. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. Drew Brees, mm-hmm. Matty Ice. We talked about the quarterbacks. Who are the cheaper quarterbacks for this week? You talked about Stafford, yep. uh, you know, being a little shaky and a little bit troublesome. Who who are the the, the, the lower tier quarterbacks that that we should look at for this week? There's, week two? there's three guys I'm going to mention, and one my my partner Kevin Adams at GuruLeet.com. He made me swear I wouldn't say this name on the podcast because like you can't say this nationally. The first two Palmer, like I said. Love him versus Indy. Great. I, I love him. 6K. Jameis Winston, 6,300. Right. There's no Doug Martin. He might throw the ball 50 times this game. So I do like Jameis. Those are my two kind of sweet spots. 6K, not spending too much money quarterbacks. I'm going to give you a name. Do not play this on your main lineup, whoever's listening to this. Do not do it. But don't. I know you're not going to say who I think you're going to say. I think I am. If you're playing, ahead. And if you're playing in a Millie Maker and you got 10 teams in it and you want to get totally weird – I have a couple lineups with with McCown on it right now, and I know he's garbage. I know the Jets are garbage. I know I'm biased because I'm a Jets fan, but if everyone's saying this game is going to be an absolute blowout, right. he might right. throw the ball 45 times. He's $4,500. He's dirt cheap, so he only needs 9 to 12 points to not kill you, so I don't hate punting with McCown not on your main lineup not on your third lineup but on your like your 10th or 11th lineup throw a little McCown curse in there on a lineup and and let's see how that does next week so if you're doing that with McCown so you stack up in all the other places yeah you just like yeah curse and he just be a professional if McCown could just be barely professional it it could work out be a human right even if he sucks just go complete 20 of 40 for a touchdown or two and throw two picks I don't care but just go get me Go get me 10, 12 points. Uh, I pair him with Curse, who's under 4K, and then I can get the whole Green Bay game or the whole New Orleans game. Again, not your main lineup, but I'm going to go against what everyone told me to do and say that name nationally. Fine. Good. It's on the record. That's it. Who, who are the high-priced, over-7K running backs on DraftKings that you're feeling this week? See, we got Bell, McCoy, Zeke. A lot of those guys, they don't have elite matchups this week, right? And when I'm paying up that much, I kind of want an elite matchup. I think Bell is in a really good contrarian spot, right? Uh, the Vikings let up nine for 74 to running backs last week for the Saints. So I think Bell could do a real great job out of the backfield and will be very underowned because of his flop. My favorite is Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon at $7,000. Absolutely love him in this spot. Uh, Miami gave up 112 yards per game on the ground last year to running backs. Uh, I liked his volume in week one. I liked that he caught a bunch of balls week one. Uh, him and Montgomery are going to be my go-to running backs for sure. Okay, and then what about mid-range RBs? Yeah, we mentioned Montgomery a couple times. McCaffrey, uh, he's in a good spot this week. I mean, he played every position well, on the field. What did you think of him? I mean, there's I love been him. so I, much talk of him. I loved him. And in, there was so, I loved okay. him in college. I've been all over this guy since the draft, and everyone forgets that before the draft, when he did those bench reps and he could barely bench a, a bottle of hot sauce, everyone was off him totally. And now everyone's on him. I'm sitting there like I was on Sirius Radio screaming that this kid's going to be a stud a year ago, a year and a half ago. So I'm a big fan of his, and I like how they're moving him around. But now everyone's on him because he's he's the hot topic now. 
And what about the cheap running backs on DraftKings this week? Who who do we love? I mean, when we say cheap, these are sort of sleepers. Right. Who are, these, who are these, the cheaper, quote-unquote, sleepers, even though I don't think there's any sleepers in 2017 uh, on DraftKings? Right. This is what's going to make you – I also forgot to mention Kareem Hunt. You know, he's, he's obviously yeah. in a good spot, but he's going to be super highly owned. There's, he ain't a sleeper no more. No, 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 definitely not. So there's six guys from 4,100 to 3,500 that I like. Okay, you have Buck Allen. You have the waiver wire all-stars, right? Buck Allen and Tariq Cohen. So those are the two guys. Everyone knows about them. We don't need to wax on about them. Everyone's just just turn the TV on. You'll hear someone talking about them. Not as high on them, but I like them. James White is in an interesting spot we talked about earlier. You know, I'm just a little worried about the game flow. But I really like this kid Carson, man. I, I love Carson on Seattle. If we find okay. out that Rawls is sitting, okay, I'm going to play him even if Rawls plays, but I like him if Rawls plays. I love him if Rawls sits. San Francisco just lost Ferrari Foster, their linebacker, who's by far their best player, best defensive player on their team. And this kid looked good. He took over the starting back job. I think he's going to have a good game regardless. But Carson at 4,100, Duke Johnson at 3,900, and Kamara at 3,500 we spoke about earlier. So that group of six sub-4,200 running backs is going to make or break your week. So if you're building a bunch of lineups, sprinkle those guys in all over. You could even take the same core and just mix and match those running backs if you're playing a bunch of lineups. I like that word, sprinkle. Yeah, sprinkle them in. We're giving you the information, people. I I broke it down earlier. We told you what to do last week. We're telling you this week. It's up to you to trust the fantasy football follies. Trust Tommy G. Trust me, Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. Senior Fantasy Football Analyst of the Fantasy Football Follies. You're listening. Okay, we're giving it to you. Take it and run. Okay, wide receiver cornerback matchups this week. Okay, this is where the money is real. Right. The cornerbacks are weak. The wide receivers are going to kick their butts. Who do we got? Top ones, uh, Amendola, if he's out. Again, Hogan, we spoke about. TJ Williams is just, he's a mess. Uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, Tyreek, as they call him. You know, the Eagles just lost Darby for the year, and now you get, you know, this freak show lining up on the other side with a depleted secondary. Tyreek Hill should <laughs> explode. This is just a dream spot for this kid. Julio Jones versus that mess of a secondary in Green Bay. Uh, Martavis Bryant, you know, like we said earlier, I mean, I really like him versus Trey Waynes. I think he could eat him alive. And Stefan Diggs, again, this isn't chasing points. Joe Hayden was a mess last week. He allowed the most yards, I think, of any cornerback in the entire week one. So uh, Diggs looked amazing. I think he's going to destroy him. Plus, his price didn't change because the price was out before the Monday night game. So all those mm-hmm. Vikings are still cheaper than they would have been if they played on Sunday. All right, so those are the wide receivers that have the, the upper hand on the quarterback. Who should we stay away from? Right, so here are the stayaways, right? We said last week, don't play Dez. And Dez, three for 53, did nothing against Jenkins. This matchup's even worse against Denver. I'm going to give you something for your seasonal leagues, if anyone's in the seasonal league listening. If you have Dez Bryant, you, you shouldn't have drafted him. Like I told you, I told you to wait a little bit. Wait till, go, wait till he flops the first three weeks. He's got terrible matchups, weeks one, two, and three. Hope he flops next week. Hope he flops the week after. And if you don't own Dez, go trade for Dez by week mm. four. Go get him on your team because his schedule lightens up. Any Colts receiver want nothing to do with Alshon again, man. He just had Josh Norman last week. Now he's got Marcus Peters for a lot of the game this week in Kansas City. That's a tough matchup. Uh, the Detroit wide receivers, everyone's going to be on them. I don't mess with that Giants secondary. The Miami wide receivers, I think, is a trap a little bit. You know, Devontae Parker's a guy we love. We want to play him. We like this offense. We think it could be better than last year. But Verrett and Casey Hayward are just too good. You know, they, they're just, I don't mess with them. So those are the guys I'm staying away from. 
Are there any other wide receivers that we should go after besides these guys? Is, is there what, what's a second tier? Yeah, people? yeah. Keenan Allen, like I said, number one. Fitz versus Indy, amazing. Thielen still five thousand dollars because the price didn't jump. Uh, amazing spot. Uh, Antonio Brown nine point four k at home. I, I don't care how much he costs. Anyone in the Green Bay, Atlanta, New England, or Saints? Julio, Hogan, Cooks, Thomas, Jordy, Adams, Cobb. That's where you want to live for your wide receivers. And if you want to take a deep flyer. I don't think Aguilar's game was a fluke last week. Um, I, I have him in almost all my season leagues. I'm high on him this year. And Casey is strong on the outside, but we said target anyone named Gaines, right? He's going against Philip Gaines, who's garbage. Mm. So I think he could have a decent week. And what about the tight ends that we should watch this week? Gronk, as we said, uh, Ertz, his price jumped $1,800, but we told you, you got to play Ertz. You know? So his price jumped. He's still a good value. Eric Berry's out for Kansas City, so that's going to hurt them versus the tight end. He was their tight end shutdown guy. Uh, Charles Clay, uh, I wrote up my article last week. I absolutely loved Charles Clay last week. He got in the box, three end zone targets, $3,000, both tight ends in the Green Bay game, and Jared Cook's worth a flyer. Uh, had a good game last week, and the Jets linebacker sucks, so he's in a decent spot. And, and, and I truly believe in in in, in season long, and obviously in, in daily defenses can win you mm, games. Last week, yeah, everyone who won had a good defense last week. And with the freaking uh, uh, the, the Los Angeles Rams mm-hmm. scored like seven hundred points on defense. The so, Jaguars so who, who, had Jaguars had ten sacks last week, right? Yeah, yeah. There was defenses were crazy last week. Who are the defenses this week that you should target? Uh, I'm targeting two mainly. So if I'm paying up on DraftKings, I'm targeting the Ravens. So Kaiser, everyone's like, oh, Kaiser had a great game. Kaiser didn't have a great game. Go rewatch the right. tape on that. He got sacked seven times. He missed a bomb to Duke Johnson. He missed a bomb to Corey Coleman. He's now on the road. He's going to be shaky. And Baltimore just ate Cincy alive last week, made Dalton look like a high school player. So I like Baltimore a lot this week. I like him in Survivor. I like him in bets. I like him in, in DFS defensively. And then if I'm paying down, I'm going the Chargers. You know, those shutdown corners in Verrett and Hayward, I really like them in this matchup. Cutler's a pick mm-hmm. six waiting to happen. And that mm-hmm. line, that line's just not good. I mean, that Miami line is just not good. So I think the Chargers get four or five sacks, and I think they think they get a pick six this week. And are there any side bets you like this week? Yeah, I mean, I post them on my site. Uh, last week, I posted five bets, went four and one. Uh, had Buffalo on every survivor team. So this week, it's a little early. I usually wait to see the Vegas line movement, but I'm really high on the Chargers the Ravens, and the Patriots. If you want to bet the Patriots, get it in now. That line is six and a half as the time we're speaking right now. Don't let that line go to seven. Get Patriots under seven. And then for Survivor this week, I think it's the Seahawks and Baltimore are your two choices. There you have it. When Tommy says his site, you should definitely, absolutely check out and subscribe to GuruElite.com. There's this information and more and more you'll learn. And it covers not just football. It covers all sports. Am I right, Tom? Yep. We got it. We got everything from MMA to NASCAR to, you know, you name it. Just hit me on Twitter and I'll go. I'll help you guys out. I'll guide you over there. Trust me. GuruElite.com. Check it out. Yo, Tommy G. Listen, it's week two. We're trying to kick ass this week. Playtime's over. This is big boy time. I appreciate this information. As always, I always learn from it. I hope the listeners are learning from it. I hope they take heed. I know I am. All right, so I appreciate it, Tommy. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll be back next week for more uh, for more action. I appreciate it, man. We're going to get better every week. The more data that comes in, the more research. We told everyone to go light. Hopefully it went light week one. Now we start ramping up. So let's kill it this week, brother. Thanks for having me. All right, Tommy. I'll talk to you soon, my man. Later, bro.